Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. We are talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is week two of our conversation about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Last week we talked about who the Holy Spirit was. You know, when you meet somebody for the first time, Generally, one of the first questions you ask them is, what's your name? Hi, what's your name? Right? You don't just like start talking. I'm like, oh, I am so-and-so, and what's your name? And they tell you your name. You get to know them. And generally, the second question that follows along is, what is it you do? Who, who are you? Why are you here? What do, what do you do with your life? Right? You want to you get to know somebody? So the first thing, hi, I am Jake. What's your name? I'm Cam. Oh, hey, Cam. Nice to meet you, man. What do you do? Oh, I do this, or I do that, or I have 17,000 kids at home that I pay attention and watch you. That's my life. That's what I do. So don't think, 17,000 kids is a lot of kids to watch. You have no idea. You're an astrophysicist? Yeah, try, try raising a million kids on your own. Good luck with that. So when you want to know somebody, you ask questions, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to answer questions about the Holy Spirit um, to make it clear about who he is and what his role is right? Because there's a lot of people that don't have a clear understanding of exactly who the Holy Spirit is and what his job is. So last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit. We talked about that we saw him in the Old Testament, didn't we? We saw him that he anointed people in the Old Testament. We saw that he was present at the beginning when when the earth was without form and void, right? The Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep, right? So he was there. He was anointing people. He was writing the books in the Old Testament. We see that he was anointed and that he was the the author, it says in 2 Samuel, or he was writing the pages. So we see that he was there. Um, we talked about the roles of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I told you you could think of it this way, because sometimes it's confusing. I said that, you know, we have a good understanding of who the Father is, and we have a good understanding of what the Son is, because those are natural things that we can see with our human eyes. We can see fathers and sons. We can see parents. We can see kids. So we understand that. But when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, it's not as clear and it's not as defined what that looks like in your life, right? So we talked about who the Holy Spirit was, and I said you could say the Father is the executive, and the Son is the architect, and the Holy Spirit is the contractor, meaning that he is the one who does the work, right? The Father, Father said, I want to build, build it this way. This is what I want it to look like. I want it to do this. Jesus was the architect who came down and made it all happen, and he is the liaison between the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and God in heaven, Right? And so the Holy Spirit is the one who gets down and dirty and does the work. The Bible says, Jesus was talking in John, and he says, you know the Spirit because he lives with you now, talking about the Spirit being in Jesus. And then he says, and later he will live inside of you, meaning the Spirit of God will come and live inside each and every one of us. And the Bible says in Romans that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, you cannot understand this scripture, you cannot think about this scripture, you cannot ponder this scripture enough in your life. He says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of you. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter when you log on to your online banking, your bank account staring in the face, and it says you've got three cents in the bank account, and your bill is $327, and you don't know how you're going to pay it. It doesn't matter because here's why. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of you. And if that spirit 
spirit that was inside of Jesus that could take that loaf and those fish and break them apart and feed all those people, if that same spirit lives inside of you, do you not think he's able to work in you and through you as well? We ended up talking about um, who his name was. And I told you that in the Greek, his name is Parakletos. Kind of like a parakeet. Parakletos. And it means this. It is the intercessor. It is the comforter. It is the helper. He is your advocate. He is your counselor. This is who the Holy Spirit is to you. And it says that he is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So when you are hearing things that are contrary in your mind and you say, I don't know if this is God or if this is my own thoughts. If it's not true and if it doesn't line up to the word of God, then it is not from him. I can't tell you the amount of conversations I've had with people and they say to me, I don't know if this is me making these words up. I don't know if it's me making these thoughts up or if this is God. Well, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it's not from him because he is the spirit of truth. And the Bible says he only says what he hears his father say. What the father says is what he says to you. So he is the spirit of truth. And then the last place we finished off was here in John chapter 16, talking about how the Holy Spirit was coming to do three things. He was coming to convict the world of its sin, of God's righteousness, and of God's judgment. And I said this to you, how do you think those things are going to happen in the world? How do you think the Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of their sin? How do you think the Holy Spirit is going to tell the world of God's righteousness? And how do you think the Holy Spirit is going to tell the world of God's judgment? And I said this to you, it's through you. The Holy Spirit wants to work in you and through you, okay? Do we have that? Are you all here today? Are you alive? Are you awake? Are you, are you in a coma right now? Or are you like in a worship coma? Worship, that, ama- that guitarist was just so amazing today. You just, you're taking it all in. You don't know what to do. No? No? Okay. We're moving ahead. We're moving ahead. Okay, Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about the effects of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I want to say this to you first and foremost, right out of the gate. There should be an effect of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you look the same today as you did when you first accepted Christ in your life, there's something wrong. If people can't tell you apart from other people in the world, there's something wrong. Because inside of you, the Holy Spirit is living and working. And if he is inside of you, alive and kicking, then there's got to be some changes that show up on the outside. All right. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. And in verse 1, we're going to start here, and we're going to just look at a few scriptures for a second. And it says, In the first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through, through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once in verse 4, he was eating with them, and he commanded them, saying this, Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. 
As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, guys, in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, guys, go to Jerusalem and hang out there and wait and don't leave. Don't leave until the gift comes. I've I've prepared something for you. I've thought about you. I have a gift. Everybody loves gifts, don't you? Is there anybody in here who doesn't like gifts? Put your hands up if you love gifts. Is Is there anybody in here who is like the Christmas, you know, the guy who goes down at Christmas and opens up the presents like perfectly and like cuts the tape to to look at them and see what's inside and like pre-opens the presents. Does anybody here do that? I grew up with a girl uh, that I have known my entire life and what? No, it, was, it wasn't my sister. It's a different girl. Different girl. Uh, and she was so into Christmas that she would go and she would go downstairs when her parents started wrapping their Christmas presents, put it on a tree. She would be like detailed. She would like slice the tape perfectly so nobody, nobody would know. She would like unfold these presents perfectly. I, I don't, to me, the best part about the present is the surprise. I don't want to just know, like, why would you open a present and then rewrap it? And then like fake your like, oh, oh, I'm so like, I would have never guessed. To me, that just becomes a whole lot more work. Now I've got to fake my, my surprise. I already know what's inside the box. And what if you hate it? What about that? Then you have to fake being surprised when you open the present. Oh, I always wanted these awesome knit crocheted leggings to wear in a rainbow pattern. I'm a 40-year-old man. That's exactly what I want to wear to the gym. Hi, guys, coming to work out, coming through, coming through, going to the treadmill. I don't know. She would open these presents because everybody loves getting presents. And Jesus says, there's a gift coming from you. And I want to tell you today, the Holy Spirit is a gift that God has prepared for you. He desires everybody to have this gift of the Spirit. It's not just for me. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for super, 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 duper, super spiritual people. It's not for people who go to Bible school. It's not for grandmas and grandpas. It is for everybody. God has prepared it before, way before. He's like, I've got something for you. I've got something for you. I want to give it to Andre, man. I want you to have this gift. I made this for you. I put it together, and I'm sending it to you. And Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem until the gift comes. I've gotten so excited I've lost my page. Please excuse me. Let's jump down to verse 7, and he says this. The disciples ask a question, you know, Sometimes reading the Bible is fun because you read about the disciples, and I don't know about you, but I read some of the things the disciples say, and I'm just like, these guys just don't get it. They're on a different planet sometimes. Jesus is talking about one thing, and they start talking about something else. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, and in verse 6, the disciples say, uh, so Jesus, when the apostles, um, they said, the, the Lord has a time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Great. Yeah, I'm not even talking about this. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you're talking about one thing and you're trying to, you're trying to get a point across and you know they're not listening to you and they just start talking about something else and you're like, are you even listening to what I'm saying? I'm telling you how to learn how to drive and you're talking about a pizza that you want to go get. You're not even listening. So Jesus doesn't even answer the question. He says, you know what? The Father alone sets those dates and times. But I want to talk to you about something more important. He says this. 
But when you, he says, you will receive in verse 8, power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's two things you need to notice here in this scripture. Do you see them? There's two things that take place. Number one, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Holy Spirit does not come down and come upon you and enable you to go out and do things and leave you weak and wanting and lacking so that you can't do the things that God has called you to do. Last week we read that Jesus said, you will do the same things that I did and even greater because I go to the Father. Right? So Jesus said, because I'm going to heaven and I'm sending the Holy Spirit, I'm sending you this gift, you're going to do great things even greater than what I've done. So then Jesus says, you're going to receive power. Why do you need that power? To walk out the things that God has called you to do. There are so many weak and powerless Christians who walk around not receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in their life because we live such a defeated life and we just agree with what the world says. We agree with what the enemy says about us. He says, oh man, you're stupid. And we say, yeah, you're right. I am dumb. He says, oh man, you're broke. We say, you're right. I am broke. I'm broke financially. I'm broke mentally. I'm broke physically. I'm just broke. But Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit has come, he, you will receive power. Find a, neighbor, find a neighbor close to you and say, you will receive power. Now say it like you mean it. That was like, you will receive power. Say it like you actually mean it. You will receive power. Hallelujah. Now why do you receive the power? Hmm. Is it because we're supposed to be all-powerful Super Christians walking around, everybody goes like, whoa, man, check out Cam. He's full of the Spirit. He is so powerful right now. Look at him. No, that's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is so that we can go and do the things that God has called us to do. When Lisa is at her job, or when Lisa is at school, or when Lisa is raising Isaiah, or when Lisa's doing whatever it is she's doing, we need to live our lives in the power of the Spirit. And here's the thing. For some reason, I don't know where this came from, this thought, but right now I'm going to go with it. For some reason, we live our lives divided into two categories, church and unchurch. Can I just tell you there are no categories? There's no church and unchurch. You are just a believer all the time, everywhere you go, in everything you do. So when you're at school teaching people to play songs and learn the chords and learn their notes and learn how to march around and do whatever, it doesn't matter that you're at school. You're still a believer and you've got to walk in the Spirit. And when you're at the prison, it doesn't matter. You are a believer walking in the Spirit. And wherever you find yourself, whatever you find yourself doing... You don't say, oh, I can act a different way because I'm not in church. It's not Sunday. On Sunday, I put on my church clothes, put on my church pants and my church shoes, and I go to church, and I have church, and I sit there for an hour while somebody talks to me, and then I go home, and I put on my other church clothes, my unchurch clothes. No, there is no separation. You receive the power of the Spirit so that when you walk through life, you can give away what you've received. Now, we are barely making it through this book of Acts. I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening, but we're going to keep going. Jessica, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So he says this. 
You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Telling people about me everywhere. Telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere? Everywhere. But everywhere? Everywhere. So, Jake, you mean to tell me that I am supposed to talk about Jesus everywhere? Well, as far as I can tell, Jesus said everywhere. So if we're going to have to go with like a, a, a deductive reasoning, I'm going to say, yes, Jesus said, tell people about him everywhere. And here's the thing, guys, guess what? You all go places I don't go. <laughs> what? Oh, mind blown. Mayo goes to places I probably will never be, right, Mayo? Like, you do stuff I don't do. You're, like, off in China last summer doing, I don't know, stuff over there. I've never been to China. I'm never going to talk to, maybe one day I will, but so far in my life, I haven't gone to China, and I haven't talked to anybody in China. But who knows? We all go different places. Cam goes places I don't go. Amanda goes places I don't go. Jamie goes places I don't go. And that's amazing. Do you know why? Well, if we all went to the same place and we all talked to the same people, it wouldn't be very effective, would it? They'd all be like, hey, man, um, I've heard this before. That guy standing beside you, he just told me the same thing. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My bad, my bad, my bad. No, we all go into different places. And he says here, you're going to receive power to go into where? Everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Talking about everywhere you go, you are supposed to go and talk about Jesus, and you go in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when he puts words inside of you, when he says you need to go do this, you need to, you need to reach out, you need to, you need to pray for that person, you need to buy that person's cup of coffee, you need to buy that person's grocery cart. Are you, you want me to buy those people's groceries? Yeah, I want you to buy those people's groceries. I can't buy those people's groceries. If I buy those people's groceries, that means I can't go to the movies tonight. And I really want to see that movie. Well, do you want that person to know about Jesus? You know what happens when you buy somebody's groceries? Oh, man, their heart opens up to you. And they're like, what do you, what do you mean you want to buy my groceries? Well, I just want to, I feel like, hmm, how do I say this? Uh, God told me to buy your groceries? God told you to buy my groceries. Yes, God told me to buy. And you know what? God just likes you. He loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to make sure that you have enough. And I was standing behind you, and God said, hey, buy that person's groceries. You mean to tell me that God just told you right now to buy my groceries, and you said to God, okay, I'll buy. So you're going to take your hard-earned money. You're not going to go see the movie tonight that you wanted to see because you're going to buy my diapers for my baby, and you're going to buy that broccoli I bought for my broccoli and cheese dinner. You're going to pay for that stuff? Yeah, I'm going to pay for that stuff. And here's why. Because God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to be broken and lacking. He cares about you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. So you go in the power of the Spirit. Say power of the Spirit. I am sweating up here, and you all look very comfortable. Fuego. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that you can go out and do the things that God has called you to do. Willow, when you're at your job answering that phone, we are on, we are called to be on 
all the time in the spirit. When you're walking around the campus at a Christian college, you are called to be on all the time. When you're making boats stuff, you know, when you're hanging out with pirates, because that's in my mind, in my mind, Captain Jack Sparrow comes and visits you and you have to fix his boat all the time. Is that accurate? That's what I thought. So when Captain Jack comes walking up to you and asks you something about his boat, we are called to be on all the time. You are supposed to always be having your ear turned to heaven to hear the voice of the Spirit so that you can bring life and wholeness to people. Are you getting what I'm saying today? So in Acts chapter 2, the disciples, um, you know, once again, if you've gone on that next little, little part of Scripture there, you see that Jesus finishes talking. The Bible says, when Jesus finished saying these things, he began to ascend into heaven. And the disciples just, Jesus says, guys, go to, go to Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Spirit. And then he finishes that sentence, and then he begins to ascend to heaven, the Bible says. And the disciples just stand there and stare at heaven. And they just stare at Jesus floating away, just like, ooh. And the disciples just go like, Okay. And the Bible says they just stood there staring so long that two angels had to come and be like, guys, time to go. <laughs> time to go to Jerusalem. Like, he's not coming back today, so go and do what he said to do. So in chapter 2, we see that the disciples are sitting in what we call the upper room, and we know there's 120 of these people in this room, and they're all gathered together. And in verse number 1, it says this. On the day of the Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, don't you love suddenlies in your life? Aren't suddenlies so much better, so much more better than gradualies? Gradualies are okay, but come on, suddenlies are way better. I don't like slow builds so much. I just love, I love it. Like one of my dreams is for one morning to, for for me to wake up and then somebody say to me, oh, good morning. And I say, good morning, like somebody in my family, obviously, right? Because that'd be weird if it wasn't. And I wake up and I get out of bed and they say, good morning. I say, good morning. They say, uh, guess what? I say, what? Uh, they say, um, oh, you got you to gotta pack a bag because today we're going, to, we're going to Disneyland. And I'm like, what? Like today? They're like, yeah, surprise. We're going to Disneyland. Plane leaves in two hours. Pack your bags and go. I would love that. I hate planning months ahead. I hate booking. I hate going on westjet.com and booking my tickets and being like, in three months, in 14 days, I am going to California. And then just counting down. I don't like the gradualies. I don't like everything you have to do to get ready. I just want to wake up one day and somebody go, bam, Disneyland. It would be even better if I opened my eyes and Mickey Mouse was standing above me. That would be that would both be terrifying and amazing at the same time. Could you imagine laying in bed, slowly waking up, you know, like that groggy state you're in where, like, you open your eyes and you close them, you open your eyes and you close them, and you finally get your eyes open and you see Mickey Mouse standing above you. Hello. Hello there. You're going to Disneyland. <laughs> nope. I'm pretty sure I would punch Mickey but I'd be so excited that I was going because suddenlies are so much better than gradualies. And here, here in verse 2 it says, suddenly. 
Now, when you read this, we've all read this portion of Scripture I don't know how many times. Sometimes when you read the Scriptures over and over and over again, if you're not careful, you get complacent, and you just read them to read it. And you don't stop and think about what's actually taking place. Now, remember it in the Old Testament, the disciples had heard about the Holy Spirit. They had heard people talk about the Spirit of God this, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth, right? But they had never seen the Spirit in this way. And all of a sudden, they're all gathered around. Jesus said to them, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is going to be coming in Jerusalem. Go and wait for the gift that I've sent you. And so they go there, and the Bible says that suddenly... Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Who's been in a mighty windstorm? Not like the ones you see on the news where, like, the newscaster is, like, talking. And they're staring at the camera, and they're, like, blowing, like, they're acting like they're blowing away. Have you seen these? And then somebody just strolls along in the back of the camera, and they're totally fine. I just watched one of those videos last week about the hurricane down in, in Carolina, right? And person's like, oh, it's really windy here. I can barely hear. And they're, they're like, the rain's coming. And, and they're all bundled up. They're wearing, like, multiple jackets. And rain's pouring down. Like, it's like they're standing in, like, knee-deep water. Um, this, this, this was on the news. And in the background, you can see these two dudes just, like, strolling. One, they're both wearing shorts and flip-flops. And one's got a tank top. They're just, like, strolling along. No big deal. The Bible says suddenly the Holy Spirit shows up, boom, and that's how he wants to work in your life. He is going to suddenly show up, and you've got to be ready, and you've got to be prepared for when he moves in your life to do what he says for you to do, because something amazing is about to take place if you will incline your ear, if you will listen to what the Spirit is saying. So the Bible says that suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everybody came running. When they heard the loud noise, everybody came running. What was the loud noise? It was the Holy Spirit suddenly showing up. You know, like when we started church and the noise was up there, and it was like, what is that noise? We all looked to see what's going on. People outside of the building hear this loud, crazy noise. They're like, what is going on? And the Bible says they came running to find out what was going on. And they were bewildered to hear in their own languages being spoken by the, by the believers. Verse 14 says, then Peter stepped forward. All these people gather together. Peter steps forward and begins to preach to them. And in verse 38, they're like, what do we do with this? What do we do with what you've just said to us? Peter replies in verse 38, and he says, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles and all who have been called by the Lord God. And who is that? Everyone. The Bible tells us that God's not willing that any should perish, right? So out of this section, there is three things I want to show you. 
that should take place, the effect of the Holy Spirit in your life should be visible to everybody. We're going to look at this real quick. Number one, the Holy Spirit should be visible and evident in your life. It says in verse number three, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. When the Holy Spirit shows up, now it doesn't necessarily have to be speaking in tongues, but there should be evidence of the Spirit working in you and in your life that everybody can see. They should be able to look at Jamie and see there's something different about Jamie. I don't know what it is, but I got to get around Jamie to figure out what's different. It should be evident there is something different about you to the people that you do life with. The next thing is this. In verse 6, it says, When they heard the loud noise, everybody came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. When the Spirit is in you, it should draw people to you. It should be evident. The fruit of the Spirit should be evident in your life so that other people can see it. And then that Spirit should draw them to you. You don't got to chase people around. You don't got to nag them. You don't got to beat them over the head with the scripture. There should be something inside of you taking place that draws people to you. See, that Bible says that that sound drew people to them. They heard something different. They were confused. And when they show up, what do they see? They see people talking about God in their own languages to them. It draws people So when that spirit is moving, it should draw people to you. And the last thing is this. In verse 38, they say, what do we do with what you've just preached to us? And Peter says, repent and turn to God. Repent for your sins turn to God. And then you'll be filled with the spirit. The last thing is this. It always points to God. The spirit won't point to you. The Spirit won't draw attention to you. His intention is to always point to the Father, to give God glory always. That's what he's trying to do. He wants to work in you so that it's evident there's something different about you. He wants to draw people to you so that when they come to you, that you can then begin to glorify God and point to him. Hey, it's not me. There's nothing different about me. It's the Jesus inside of me. It's the Spirit of God inside of me that makes me what you're looking at. Oh, how do you get to be like me? Good question. Glad you asked. You didn't ask? I'm going to tell you anyways. Here's what it is. I gave my life to Christ. I follow Jesus. And this is what I do. This is what I look like now. And I'm going to tell you how you can follow Jesus too. See, last week we talked about Jesus wanting to do those three things. Convict the world of its sin, of God's righteousness, and of God's coming judgment. But how is that going to happen unless we begin to look different than everybody else? There's got to be something different about you. There's got to be a real difference that is visible to people, that draws them to you. I'm hungry to be around. I don't know why. I just want to be around you. There's something different about you. I can't explain it. I just want to spend time with Summer. 
There's something inside of me. When, when your friends are at school, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's cooler kids I'd, I could hang out with, but there's something about summer that I just want to be around. There's something inside of her that draws me to her. That's the Spirit of God drawing people to himself so that he can point them to the Father. That's what this is about. The Holy Spirit doesn't come just to make you feel good about yourself, just to give you goosebumps, just to tell you things you didn't know about yourself. I mean, those are all great things. Those are all things that he can and does do, but that's not the only reason. Stand up with me. In Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So many times, so many times believers spend all their time chasing after, um, you know, these really radical experiences in the presence of God. That's what they want to be around. And we get so busy chasing after those experiences that we miss the everyday workings of the Spirit of God in our life. We go from big event to big event. When the Spirit of God wants to work inside of you on a daily basis, He wants to work through you on a daily basis so that you can speak truth and healing and wholeness to people that only you will encounter. Galatians 5.16 talks about how there's two sides to everybody, the spirit and the flesh, right? We all know this. Your flesh is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions, and the spirit is the part of you that lives forever. Your spirit is a part of you that wants to do right, and your flesh is a part of you that wants to do those things that you probably shouldn't do as a believer. And the Bible says they're always fighting against each other. The flesh is always fighting against the spirit. The spirit is always fighting against the flesh. And it talks about how you can look at somebody's life and see what kind of person they are by the fruit. And it says that a person that isn't following the Spirit, their life will have these kind of things in them. But then it says, somebody who follows the Spirit, you will see this fruit in their life. And what is that fruit? Well, it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's gentleness, and it's self-control. These are the things that we are supposed to have operating in our life. So when somebody looks at you, they should see those things taking place. They should see you walking a life of love, walking a life full of joy and peace. Where they see you, they're like, I don't know what's different, but man, Kayla is just always peaceful. Kayla is just full of joy. She seems happy all the time. I don't know why she's happy, but I want to go find out. Kayla, why are you happy all the time? You just, you just got in trouble. I saw the boss yell at you. You just got in a lot of trouble. If that was me, I'd be in a corner crying. But you seem okay with it. What's different about you? Well, yeah, I'll tell you the truth. It hurt a little bit. Nobody likes to get in trouble. But I gave my life to Christ. 
and he cares about me and he helps me through things when I don't know how I'm going to get through them. He helps me through them. He gives me joy. He gives me peace. And he enables me to walk through circumstances that otherwise seem unwalkable. When the road seems too hard, when it seems too steep, when there's too many rocks on the path, and you say, I just can't walk on this. It's going to hurt my little feet. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes along and says, you can walk through this, and I will walk through it with you. You're not alone. You're not forsaken. You haven't made a bad choice. I'm going to walk through this road beside you, and we'll get from point A to point B to get to where God has called us to be. There is so much to who the Holy Spirit is. I don't know how many times we'd have to preach on him to try and help people fully understand who he is and who who he is to you and what the role he is playing in our lives is. Next week, Jen's going to preach, and Jen always brings incredible depth And she thinks truly on a different wavelength than I do. But if I could leave you anything from these last two times we were together, it would be this. That God sent his spirit down to us. And when you accept Christ, his spirit comes inside of you. And that spirit inside of you should affect change inside of you. It should make you look different. It it should make you act different. It should make you think different. It should make you feel different. And when you allow the spirit to work in your life, it will draw people to you. You will find people coming to you and being like, I don't know why you are the way, why are you the way you are? Ken, why are you this way? And we're like, hmm, is that a, are you asking me a good question right now? Or are you, is this an insult? No, there's something good about you. Something different about you. And Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power so that you can be his witness. So as we leave this place today, And as you go to wherever it is you came from, when you go back watching your kids, when you go back to your job, when you go back to school and you're sitting in your dorm, when you go back to those places that only you go to, remember that the Holy Spirit is with you and He is always wanting to work in you, but He's also wanting to work through you. So when people come and begin to ask you questions, don't downplay it. Don't say, oh, that's just me. I'm just naturally happy. I just make a lot of jokes. Listen to what God is saying to you so that you can open your mouth and bring healing to lost people who need it. receive power to be his witnesses it's easier said than done sometimes but that's where the power that you receive comes in because when you don't think you can do it his power says yes you can let's pray father 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.